Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. As the welcome team is uh, passing the offering, if you could uh, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. All right, you're switching that out for me? There we go. Okay, thank you, Minister Femi. Now, what's funny about this is I love this chair, which might be the reason they just brought it up here. But if I sit in this chair, <laughs> yeah, those in the back are like, Pastor, where'd you go? I just sat in a chair. I just, I just sat in a chair. Uh, I just sat, this is, uh, you know what? I'm going to put this chair right here so at least y'all can see it. At least you can see it. Um, all right, turn, turn me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Uh, as I said in the second service, Pastor Priscilla is going to come and she's going to close out the Come Alive experience. But today, um, I just felt led to, to give you a message on Come Alive. On, on coming alive and what God says about this. Many people say that you need to find what you love to do or what you're passionate about. And man, if you will find that and you will do that, number one, they, they say that that's your purpose. And then number two, they say that then you'll really come alive. You'll come alive. And like, man, that sounds good. And a lot of times it, in the natural, it even works, right? Like if you love, like Miss Jamie. Miss Jamie, um, she loves to decorate. Her and Alicia, like they love this stuff. And so when the Come Alive conference comes, like they love doing this and creating. Isn't this amazing? I mean, if you haven't been here before, wait till next week. You're going to be like... Sanctuary is pretty plain. I thought it was, this is amazing. But like they love this and, it, and, and they have passion around it and it helps them to come alive. Like I'm sure they love that way more than vacuuming their, their living rooms and, and dusting their homes. Maybe they love to do that too, but, but this is something that like makes them come alive and feel passionate and makes them feel good and, and fulfilled. And man, the world tells us that like that is the way to come alive. But I, I just don't see that, that's the way that God says for us to come alive. Now, now maybe those two things intersect, but, but I'm going to show you something today, and, and, and we've talked about this before here, um, that many times when we're just looking for what we think makes us come alive, we're settling for the counterfeit and not the genuine, authentic coming alive that God wants us to have. See, if it were up to me and just what I love and what I'm passionate about, I'd be coaching basketball. Like that, I loved it. When I coached basketball, I used to coach basketball, I loved it. Every day that I woke up, I loved it, and I was passionate about it, and I felt alive in it. And I got to impact kids, and I got to meet people and like talk to people. All the things that I love to do, I was able to do. And basketball, which was the thing that I loved the most for the majority of my life. And it seemed like a perfect fit. And if I would have just settled for that, I would have never been able to step into the authentic, genuine purpose and calling for my life. And I may have felt alive, but I would have missed out on what I know now as really coming alive. And it's not even necessarily because of the position. There's part of that, but it's because of purpose and calling. See, it's not until we allow the spirit to fill us from the inside out that we will actually come alive. 
And it's not until God breathes his spirit in us that we come alive. It's not about you finding what you love to do or what you would do if you never got paid a day in your life. It's finding what God wants and how he's filling you and what the Holy Spirit is doing on the inside of you. So Genesis chapter 2, let me read to you beginning of verse 5. It says, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. Now, this was after um, God had created the seventh day and made it holy and rested. So here now we're, we're hearing about what had been created. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he put the man whom he had formed. So, so let, me, let, me, let me just slow down and let's go through this. All right, for God, God formed the man, which that word formed means molded or squeezed into shape. So God takes, um, takes man and, and he takes him from dirt and he molds him and shapes him into the form of, of, of man. Hence, the mannequin. <laughs> right? Like, like, you just got to imagine there's a head on here. Because that, that when he formed us, we had, we had a head. So, so, so God, God takes this dirt and he puts it together and he creates a mannequin. He creates the flesh and bone in the form. He molds it. He squeezes it. He shapes it. He expands it. He contracts it. He does all the things that he needs to do to create a man. But many times we read um, verse 5 too, too quickly, too, verse 6 too quickly, whichever verse it is where he says this, verse, too quickly. And we read it like all this just, 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 but see, first he formed the man. He molded him and squeezed him into shape. But then after that, it says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Now, that word breathe means to to inflate or puff. And here, what it's saying is God had this form of a man that he had shaped and formed. And after he had this form, because God always needs something to work with. When God feeds the, the thousands, he needed a few fish sandwiches to work with. Sometimes we want God to just create out of nothing, but even with man, when he formed man, he created out of the dirt. Once he created in the seven days, now we need to give him something to bless, to breathe into, to make come alive. Sometimes we're just saying, God, bless me, rain money down from heaven, and we, we haven't sown any seed. We haven't given him anything to multiply. Did you know that anything times zero is zero? Like, God, I want you to multiply me a hundredfold, and I'm giving you nothing. So multiply that. A hundred times zero is zero. Every time. Even with the new math. (laughs) So God, God forms this flesh and bone, and puts it together, and it's man, but it is not until he inflates and puffs his spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, into this man that the man becomes alive. When he formed him, he wasn't alive. We don't know how long. 
It reads like it was almost instantaneous, but we don't know how long. We know how long he had formed him and then waited into breathe, inflate, and puff up into his nostrils the breath of life, and then he becomes alive. But we do see a pattern here that God creates and the Holy Spirit makes things come alive. God created man, but it wasn't until he breathed the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit made man come alive. And I just wonder how many things in our lives God has created and we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to breathe into. How many things in our lives are not yet alive because, yes, God created it. He gave you the job, but you have not allowed him to breathe the Holy Spirit and breathe life into that job. And so you just go into the job. And now what you were excited about getting paid a year ago, you're complaining about now. How you were excited about getting fulfilled and being able to do this work a year ago. Now, all of a sudden, you, you don't even want to go to work anymore. And you're like, God, I know you gave me this job, but I want another one. And it's not because God didn't give it to you. God gave it to you. You know God gave it to you. It was a miracle. You prayed specifically for this, and they said this, and all the things worked together where you have no doubt that God gave you this, but you're looking at it, and it's dead. It's not alive, and you don't know how. It's because God created it, but what you have is a mannequin. You, you haven't allowed God to breathe his Holy Spirit and inflate and puff up what he gave you to make it come alive. Part of your frustration is not because you need God to give you something else. It's because you need the Holy Spirit to infiltrate it and to inflate it and the Holy Spirit to make it come alive. See, some of you guys are praying for something new and God's like, this is the only mannequin I'm going to make. You better make this one work. Listen, I've gained a lot of weight recently, um, and I'm just wearing baggier clothes, so I know y'all couldn't tell. But, but like, I, 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 there's points where I'm like, God, just, 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 just let me start over. Just can I start over? Like, I just want to start over, and, like, if I could start over, if I could go back to, like, when I was 21, where, like, I had, like, you could see lines, like, good lines, not the bad lines. Now, now you can still see lines, but it's because as I was sitting, there was fat sitting on fat. And it makes a line as the fat overlaps the fat. No, I know none of y'all know what I'm talking about, but, but, <laughs> but those are the, I have, I have lines this way. I don't have any lines this way, right? And I'm like, God, just, just let me start over and then I'll start eating right. I'll exercise better. And like, God's like, no, 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 this is your mannequin. This is what you got. You've done this to it. Now, in order for it to come back to life, like you got to do something different. You can't, you can't just start over. God formed man and gave us our form, but then he made it come alive through the Holy Spirit. He made it come alive through the Holy Spirit. What God forms, he breathes into. What God forms, he inflates. What God forms, he gives life to. He makes it come alive. Like that's what God does. He, he not only made Adam come alive, but he made all the trees and the plants and the animals come alive. He created every living thing and gave it life. Like he specializes in giving life. Jesus says that I come to bring life and life more abundantly. Like this is what God does. God makes things come alive. And when you come alive, there's a couple things that really jump out at me and the difference between this mannequin and me, other than maybe height. 
and maybe some of the shape. But like this mannequin is not going to move on its own. This mannequin is not going to grow vertically or horizontally on its own. This mannequin is shaped and it is formed and it is finished because it's not alive. And the things that are dead are things that stop moving and things that stop growing. And see, I just wonder if God has created this family for you and around you, but you haven't allowed it to move or you haven't allowed it to grow. I wonder what area of your life God has created and you've become still and you've become stagnant and you've stopped growing and therefore you do not feel alive. You don't believe that you've come alive because you've allowed yourself to die. It's not because God didn't create it. God formed it. He wanted to breathe his Holy Spirit into it and make it come alive. And you stop moving. You stop going. You stop showing up. You stop growing. You stop seeking. Because everything that's alive in some form or fashion keeps moving and keeps growing. Y- 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 like, I don't know why I'm on this today, but, but for the first part of my life, I grew vertically. It didn't happen very often or very long, clearly. Like, it wasn't God's best work. <laughs> but then there's another part of my life where now I'm no longer growing vertically. I'm growing horizontally. And I'm trying to shrink back horizontally. But like, we get that stages of life, right? And so maybe there was a part, a season of your life where you were growing vertically and you realized that and you felt alive and God was doing something in your life and the Holy Spirit was in you and you felt like, man, everything was great and you were connecting with God. And there's another season of your life where you need to grow fat. And you need to grow in a different direction, in a different way. It's not that you're growing in a different way concerning God, but maybe it's growing in a different way concerning the application of what you grew when you were growing up in the things of God. Meaning you were learning the word and you were learning how to pray and man, you were growing, growing, growing and it was amazing. And you got to this point where now more is expected of you and you got to get in the game. And now it doesn't feel the same and you don't feel alive. Because God formed it and and he breathed his life into you and you began to grow and there was a new stage and a new season where you needed to grow in a different way and you needed to take what God did on the inside of you and start to bring it out to the outside and you don't feel alive because it's all bottled up on the inside. And if you stop growing, you you die. You stop growing, you stop living. My, My question is, how have you grown in the last week spiritually? Have you learned something about God? Have you started to pray more? Have you started to read more? Have you started to give more? Have you started to forgive more? Like, how have you grown this week? How have you grown financially? How have you grown physically? How have you grown relationally? Like, when you stop growing, you start dying. How are you moving? Are you moving throughout your days and your weeks? And like, are you, are you just going and doing what you know to do? Are you clocking in and clocking out of life? Because at some point when you get on autopilot, you can just stand on the treadmill or on the walkway. What do they call those in the airports? I've been in too many airports lately. You just, walk, you just stand there and it just walk, it gets you from here to there. And they say, stand on the left and, and walk on the right. I think I just did that backwards, but you get the point. And so you're just standing, and you think you're moving because life keeps happening. 
but actually you're not moving. You're just standing. And actually it's probably more like a treadmill. Because y'all heard me say this before. If you, if you stand on a treadmill, what happens? You don't go forward. You end up on your face. You end up in pain. This week, how, how did you move? This month, how have you moved? How have you grown? Because we want to come alive. Everything alive moves and grows. God's done his part. He's created it. He's shaped it. He's formed it. He's given it to you. He wants to breathe life into it. And the question is, are you going to receive that and move and grow? There are things in your life that maybe they, they seem like they've died. And maybe we've already hit on the reason why, but let me, let me just, this is just really quick. I'm running out of time super fast, but maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a purpose. Maybe it's even your relationship with God. Man, there's so many times in scripture where God resurrects things that are dead. Let me just share with you a few that just came to me. The son of a widow and Zarephath's son was dead and then he was raised from the dead. A Shunammite's woman's son was raised from the dead. Jesus encountered a funeral in Luke chapter 7. Like he comes across this funeral and Jesus speaks to this boy who died, told him to get up and come back to life, come alive. And the boy gets up and they cancel the funeral. Jesus um, resurrected Jairus' daughter. Remember, Jairus comes to Jesus like, hey, my daughter, she's ill. Can you pray for her? And somebody comes like, hey, no need to pray. She's already dead. And then Jesus raises her from the dead. She was dead, and now she's made alive. We know that Jesus raised Lazarus, and Jesus actually waited for Lazarus to be dead before three days before he even went to him. Now, explain that to me. It just makes no sense. But Jesus, for whatever reason, just being led by God, he's like, okay, okay, um, that's my buddy. That's my guy. I'm not even going right now. I'm going to wait a day. Okay, I'm going to wait another day. Okay, I'm going to wait another day. And then he goes to him, and he's clearly dead, and Jesus resurrects him and raises him. When Jesus died on the cross, um, this is one that's amazing to me. There's there's so much in this that I still want to (laughs) learn. Jesus died on the cross. There was an earthquake that struck him. Many times we've talked about that, Jesus dying on a good Friday and the earth shook and all this stuff. But it says that there were many graves and tombs that opened up and those people ran out of those tombs and graves. Like there was many people that were dead and came alive when Jesus died on that cross and the earth shook shook. Um, God used Peter to to raise Tabitha in Acts chapter 9. A man came to hear Paul preach and Paul went so long that the man fell out of the window and died. And y'all complaining about here. The man was, first of all, he was sitting in a window because he wanted to hear the word so badly that he would sit anywhere. He just needed to get in the place. We see that in other parts of scripture too. But then Paul preaches so long that he falls asleep and falls out of the window and dies. And Paul just takes a time out of his sermon and goes and raises him from the dead. The best example though is Jesus. Jesus himself rose from the dead and came back to life and came alive to be alive forever after he was clearly dead. 
And you know what the good news is? There's some things that are look dead in your life. And there's some things that have been dead in your life. And there are things that God created that have died in your life. That no longer are they growing. No longer are they moving. The Holy Spirit and him breathing into you it has left. It has gone. We don't know what's going on. But you not only feel like you're not alive, but you know that that thing is not alive. You know it hasn't been alive in a long time. But the good news about this is the Bible tells us that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of every believer. So that same spirit that was able to resurrect Jesus, that was able to resurrect Jairus' daughter, to resurrect all these people that died and came back to life, all those people who ran out of the tombs and out of the graves when the earth shook and Jesus died. Like that same spirit lives on the inside of you. That same spirit has been breathed into you. That same spirit is the difference between you moving and growing and you being this mannequin of something that God just formed but doesn't do anything and doesn't move and doesn't grow and doesn't speak. So you have the ability to not just move and grow and speak and function and live for yourself, but you have the ability and the spirit on the inside of you to bring life to things that are dead. Jesus didn't just say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the resurrection. And if he lives in you, then the resurrection is in you. And so if there's anything dead in your life, it's not God's it's not God's fault God's done his part if there's anything from God in you, that he's created and he's formed in your life that's dead not on him it's on us because whatever God forms cannot die it can't die he, he, he formed and then he breathed and then it says that he planted a garden for this man we don't have time. Man, I wish I was preaching second service. But we don't have time. But, but, but he planted this garden of Eden for, for these people that, that he had formed and he had made them come alive. See, God has formed you and he's formed some things in you and he's made it come alive. And then what he's done is he prepared a place for you. He's prepared a garden for you. And what did this garden do? This garden provided for them. It sustained them. It protected them. It was everything that they needed and really way beyond that, everything that they could have ever imagined, everything not only that they needed but everything that they wanted. And God has created a garden for you. He's prepared a place for you. Psalms 23 says he prepares a place for you in the presence of your enemies. <laughs> but, but that's because he's just going to overcome them and he's going to show the victory through you and through his power. But he's prepared a place for you in your your purpose and your passion and your ability and willingness to feel like you've come alive is connected to a place. And you get outside of the place that God has for you and you get outside of the, the fullness of coming alive. But the opposite of that is true too. If you're in that place where God wants you, then man, man, everything comes alive. Everything comes alive. We're going to talk about this later in, in next year sometime. Um, but, but I'm reading this book on heaven. And, and, man, it just talks about, like, in heaven how everything is alive. How the grass is alive. How everything is alive. The trees are alive. Like, everything is alive and functioning. I mean, that's what happens 
when God has formed those things in your life and you've allowed him to breathe Holy Spirit and the spirit of life into those things. He prepares places for you that when you get there, it doesn't mean that everything will be easy because we're not in heaven yet. It doesn't mean that everything will be smooth, but everything will be alive. And it will fill you. And there's some of you that, that don't feel alive because you're not in the right place. You're working a job. God never told you to work. You're staying at home on Sundays and Wednesdays and not going to faith groups, and God never told you to do that. If you've got to pray about whether or not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, the God's not going to answer that prayer because he already told us. You're in a relationship that God never told you to get in. You're not willing to let somebody go that God never told you to grab a hold of. <laughs> you, don't, you don't feel alive. I don't know why I keep talking about finances as much, but, but you don't feel alive financially. Everything doesn't seem to be um, going well. Actually, it's the opposite of that because you're, 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 you're not giving where he tells you to give. And he keeps giving you opportunities. And I'm not even talking about a church. I'm talking about at H-E-B, at McDonald's, wherever you are. And God keeps telling you, and you keep saying no. And you're like, God, I just don't, why aren't you blessing my finances? God's like, I was trying to. If you would have paid for that Happy Meal for that little kid, little Johnny behind you, little Johnny's parents had $5,000 in their pocket that they just, they didn't even know they wanted to give to you. You're like, God, I could use $5,000. Two ninety nine Happy Meal, $5,000. But God has created and formed this level of generosity on the inside of you, but you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to give it life. And you keep missing these opportunities. You keep praying for more. And God's like, I, I got it there. You, you, you keep walking by it. You keep saying no to it. I got to move on. I got, actually, I don't got to move on. I got to be done. God formed. He molded or squeezed into shape. He, he breathed. He inflated and puffed up and gave life. And then he planted a garden for man, everything that man needed. And then he put the man there, which means a point or call or purpose. So God formed, he breathed, he planted, and he put. He formed us. He formed these things in our lives, and he breathed into them, and he planted a place for you and for those things to, to flourish and come alive. But then he puts you there. And if you don't go where he puts you, not just to the place, but to the purpose and the appointing and the calling, the invitations that he gives you. You're never going to be fully alive. And sometimes where he puts you is not necessarily in a garden, in a place. Where he puts you is in a position to be able to, to have patience. Puts you in a position to be able to love somebody that you don't think needs or deserves love. To put you in a position to love somebody who you don't even think wants your love. And to put you in a position to be stretched and to be uncomfortable and to grow, God formed it, then he made it come alive, and then he planted, and then he puts. Your provision is connected to your place. Your passion is connected to your place. But most importantly, your purposes are connected to your place. You're in the wrong place, you won't be fully alive. In the right place, God will make you come alive like you've never experienced before. Coming alive is connected to coming to your garden. And your garden may be a physical place. It may be round rock. It may be a place. It, but it may be a place in the heart, a place in the spirit. 
one of the things that, that um, I don't know why I do this especially, but I think you can all relate to this. I, I have a horrible sense of direction. And I, and I will at times just off the top just be adamant in trying to lead my wife in a direction, like physically, where I, she knows I have no idea where we're going. And I don't know if this, like I've heard this is a guy thing. I don't know if it's a guy thing. Like I don't mind asking for directions, but if just off the top, we were somewhere the other day and we walked out and, um, and I thought we should go left and she thought we should go right. And I was like, listen, we need to go left. That's the way we need to go. We're walking left and we get around this corner. I was like, oh, yeah, that's not, we're supposed to go that way. Like I do that a lot. Sometimes I'll drive, I'll just be driving and I, 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 don't, I don't know where I'm going. And so, so, so she'll get in the car and be like, hold on, hold on, before you back out, do you know how to get there? And, and a lot of times I'll say, huh, no, I don't. Like, but I was about to back out and just drive. I was just going to go. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And then, and then when I realize I don't know where I'm going, I'm like, hey, honey, so uh, which way do I go here? And normally she's not paying attention. So then it goes, which way do I go here? It's a whole thing. Um, but once you know how to get somewhere, you, you don't, like, I don't have to do that coming from church to home or home to church. Like, I know how to get from home to church. So when I go from home to church, you know what I never use? My GPS. I never use my GPS. I know how to get there. And, like, that's what we do, right? Like, we use GPS to get to places we don't know how to go. It was funny. I, I've been traveling a lot lately. I was, went to go rent a car um, last week, and I, and I get there, <laughs> and they're like, hey, sir, do you want the GPS? I was like, really? People still do that? Like, this is big old contraption that you got to hook up to the I was like, really? Like, I, I literally asked the guy, hey, do people still rent these? Like, has my dad rented a car lately? Because anybody else, I don't know who else would rent this. Like, doesn't everybody have this on their, it's a free app. And he was like, yeah, actually a lot of people rent it. We, we had to laugh. But I was in this place, and so I used the GPS everywhere I went. I went from my hotel to this church four or five times, and I used the GPS every time. But at home, I never used the GPS because I know how to get there. I know how to get from home. I don't have to use GPS. And you know what we've done spiritually? We said, God, I know, I know how to do this. I know how to get there. I, I don't need a GPS. I don't need your voice telling me which way to go anymore. God, I, I'll turn the GPS on when I reach a place where I don't know how to get there. But as long as I know how to get there, if I'm going back and forth from home to church, I, I, I don't need to use my GPS. Let me say it another way. God, I know how to pay all my bills. So I can turn your voice off and, God, I'll, just, I'll go to work. They pay this amount. My bills are this much. And then I just pay it. And, God, I got that. What I'm going to need you for is this over here. I'll turn the GPS on when I'm going somewhere I don't know how to go. But right now, I don't know how to do it. God, I know how to be healthy. I know how to eat right. I know how to discipline my body and work out. Like, I, I don't need that. I'll, I just, I'll turn the GPS. I want to save the battery. I'm just, I just need the GPS over here. And what happens is God has never created us nor intended for us to live that way. Even if you're coming from church to home, he wants you in tune because he might take you a different way. This morning I came to church a different, this is a great illustration. I didn't even plan it this way, but maybe God did. This, this morning I came a different way to church than I've ever come before. And just, just kind of, I just, I just kind of felt like that was the way I was supposed to go. But if you ever turn your, the, the GPS of God off, if you ever stop allowing him to speak to you, then you're going to revert back to becoming this mannequin. You're going to stop growing, you're going to stop moving, and eventually you're going to shrivel up and die because faith without works is dead. 
But faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word. So the more that you grow, the more that you move, the more that you will be alive and you'll stay alive. You won't just come alive, but you will remain alive and you'll move and you'll grow and God will be speaking to you. And you keep that GPS from God always on because if you ever turn it off, you don't know the end from the beginning. You don't know what going that same way to church might do or an accident that you might encounter, or an accident that you might be in. You don't know if you just keep going to work and paying your bills the same way. You don't know what's coming ahead. You don't know who you might be able to to help right now that you won't be able to help in the future. You don't know who you might need in the future that you don't really need right now. And if you just put anything on autopilot, if you just put anything on, God, I'm going to shut you out, then yes, you may be able to function, but you're really just a mannequin on the walkway. If you really want to be alive, you really want to come alive and stay alive, man, you got to let those things that God has created and God has formed, you got to let him breathe that life into it. Because when he breathes that life into it and you begin to experience that, then he will plant a garden for you that will give you everything that you need and an abundance thereof. And then he will put you and he will appoint you and he will call you and he will purpose you into the things that he has for you and you will live every moment of every day alive. If you feel dead, if you feel spiritually dead or emotionally dead, if you want to come back to life, take the thing that God has created and allow his Holy Spirit to breathe into it. And then go where he tells you to go and do what he tells you to do. And I promise you, you'll look up in a day, in a week, in a year, and you will feel more alive and you will see more life than you've ever seen before. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.